Hi, this is Dr. Randy Bach. Today's February 23, 2022. We missed being on uh, 22222, which was yesterday. Um, uh, I guess a significant date if you like to play lottery, which I don't. Um, what's new in the world of coronavirus? Well, we shouldn't really be doing this podcast any longer. Uh, I think uh, COVID has gone. Um, but, you know, humans being what they are, we uh, are here uh, because you know, seemingly the uh, greater virus uh, might very well be uh, the human imagination and the desire for control. Uh, power is a very uh, potent and important driver, motivator, and reward, essentially. Um, it's much more satisfying to be the one doing something rather than the one receiving something um, against your will. Uh, and, you know, this is, in a sense, has been a huge philosophy test of what your philosophy is. And it's a science test and it's a kind of a civics test. Um, the world I would never have thought would have been put under such strain over something that pretty much approximates the flu. Um, I think it's worse than the flu, uh, given that uh, initially there were no vaccines. So if you, uh, you know, the Spanish flu when it first came out, there were no vaccines. People did very poorly. Um, again, mostly the young, uh, the, the older had had natural immunity and do that as poorly. Um, COVID uh, is on that scale. Now there's a vaccine. People don't really do much worse than they would do during flu season. Uh, there are a lot of people still uh, masking up, uh, even though uh, mandates have gone away in many places. Uh, locally, I'm here in Massachusetts, uh, states, uh, the state and, and municipalities are pretty much lifting them right about now. Uh, they shouldn't have really been reimposed uh, in the last month or two, uh, which they were uh, in municipalities. The state has its own rules and so forth. I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this, um, but you know, people still have their own uh, kind of uh, regulator uh, barometer of what they care to do. Um, I was in uh, Whole Foods recently and uh, not wearing a mask because there's no statute to wear one. There's no reason to wear one. Uh, even during COVID, there's not much reason to wear one in a big open supermarket where you're not going to be closely encountering people, um, sneezing on them and so forth. And uh, once you've had uh, vaccination and or the um, infection itself, it's kind of a pointless endeavor to keep carrying on with the literal uh, facade on your face, that is, uh, which is the nature of the word, um, of uh, our charade or whatever, of, of you know, doing this uh, kind of, like, you know, kabuki theater uh, social dance of wearing masks and, and showing you care. Uh, that has become its own thing, its own religion, in a sense, and uh, becomes, as uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg liked to say, meta. Uh, it's not really about the thing itself anymore. It becomes kind of a virtual aspect. I mean, it is interesting. Facebook has changed its name to meta uh, to take itself away from reality in, this, in a way. And a lot of this has done as well. I don't think it's ever really been closely tied to reality. And there's been, uh, you know, vast uh, interpretations and misinterpretations. And what's always been called conspiracy theory and misinterpretation generally has uh, over time been proven correct because the people who are uh, on the outs, on the outside, uh, have the ability to, I think, look more clearly at things rather than people who uh, are part of the narrative, either um, as part of the power structure, part of the money structure, and so forth. I am not a conspiracy guy, uh, but I do think that uh, interests align oftentimes, and clearly there are ins and outs. Um, and uh, you need to look no further than Dr. Seuss's The Sneetches, one of my favorite uh, pieces, uh, to see, you know, kind of the timeless themes of this. Well, that's like, I think, the 1950s, but, uh, you know, there are in-groups and out-groups, and the in-group uh, has the power. Uh, the out-group wants to be part of the in-group, potentially, um, and the uh, group 
that you know switches over wants to switch back to something else uh, to keep its power and specialness. Uh, so we've seen a lot of that, um, and it's, it's you know it's no longer really about masks. It's about uh, virtue signaling. It's about uh, persevering uh, in one way or another, and and sometimes ruling over others. Uh, all of the uh, um, all of the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Uh, we might be seeing that in Canada. Uh, we've seen that in a sense in Australia, New Zealand, uh, all these places that, uh, you know, draft Dodgers in my era and, uh, you know, other people thereafter, the Alec Baldwins and, uh, of the world who, uh, you know, cry after any uh, Republican gets elected. They want to go to Canada. They want to go to Australia. Wanna, well, all well and good. And those are beautiful, wonderful places. And uh, they have wonderful people. But, you know, the rule of law um, is is really dependent on on the people themselves. I mean, they're, you know, laws, uh, you know, it's a little bit like, I guess, coronavirus. It's out there in the ether in a sense. And it depends how you encounter it and and what you do with it. Um, you know, Canada has its charter of rights, I guess they call it. They don't, strictly speaking, have a constitution. Neither does uh, the United Kingdom, England. Um, they have parliamentary rules and they have a kind of a historical tradition of obeying certain aspects of them. But then there's a thing called the Emergency Act um, in Canada, which I guess were initially um, brought into a conception in the 1970s. They were actually written up and, and formulated and passed in the 1980s. Uh, oddly enough, it was uh, Justin Trudeau's dad, uh, Pierre Trudeau, um, who wanted to institute the Emergency Act uh, against uh, some of the violence perpetrated by uh, Quebecois, you know, um, Quebec province uh, separatists who were uh, doing things similar to, you know, what the F FALN, uh, Puerto Rican separatists did here in the United States uh, during the same time period. Um, so he wanted to have be able to take up emergency powers. He didn't actually get his wish then. And for some reason, it was shelved and then brought back to life after this uh, particular emergency had passed, but for future emergencies. So it was really uh, an anti-terror um, measure. Um, and, and so in, in, the, in the throes of, of uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests, which Canada got to a lesser extent than the United States in uh, the summer of 2020, uh, no you know, emergency was, was called. And these statues weren't brought up, even though there was a massive uh, burning and uh, threat to personal property and, and violence and so forth, again, to a lesser extent than in the United States. Nonetheless, um, you know, Justin Trudeau literally uh, knelt um, at the altar of BLM and uh, said that, you know, uh, you know railed against uh, uh, police brutality. Um, at a, another time, uh, he was in, in league, you know, Mar earlier that year, March 2020, he was in league uh, um, praising truckers for their uh, valiant sacrifice at a time when other people were staying shut in and it was only by virtue and dint of the truckers' uh, bravery that uh, people were able to eat and receive, uh, you know, the vital needs of society, toilet paper <laughs> and food and so forth. Um, but how fickle, how quickly things uh, move on. Uh, so the, the, I, I guess, uh, you know, this is a kind of a recurring theme here is that, uh, you know, your belief system matters and what you do matters. And, and it's, it's, it's both on a global level, but it's also on a molecular personal level. I was speaking with a friend today and uh, he's not that much interested in national politics, global politics. He thinks everything kind of matters on the, on the school board level and the city councils and races and all that kind of stuff. And I agree and disagree. I mean, I think they both matter and how you um, manage matters. Uh, the federal government does has, have a say in, in things you do. Um, 
and they have uh, they have kind of got a, a bigger police force. They have the army and the military, and there are you know kind of federal national rights uh, that we have. Um, but we you know Benjamin Franklin said it's a republic if you can keep it. You know the statutes and the, the laws that we have written up uh, only are those. They're, they're statutes and laws. They they matter how they're interpreted, and they matter. Um, whether they are, you know, really observed in the actuality or in the breach. And so Canada, uh, is it a failed state? I don't know. I mean, are there going to be repercussions? Are there going to be armed rebellion? I don't know. You know. What they're doing right now, in case you're not following, is, uh, you know, the truckers protested. They don't necessarily want to be forced. A lot of them have taken the vaccine, but they don't like the concept of being forced to take something they feel they may not need. You know, I think it's kind of a, a, a moot point at this point, especially if you've had the illness uh, to get a vaccine on top. It's probably contraindicated uh, to get a vaccine after you've had that illness. We've never done that before with any other illness that I can think of. And uh, usually it's adequate proof to show that you have um, uh, serologic um, immunity against the thing. We, we, you know, in the marriage test uh, back in the day, you know, we would test for HIV. I think they stopped doing that. Um, and we would test for uh, syphilis. And both those tests were antibody tests. And uh, uh, the syphilis test, if you had positive antibodies, meant you had had it. And then we would, you know, potentially investigate and whatnot. Um, but, you know, the, these tests meant something, you know, so you, you, you had the qualification of having had the illness and you handled people differently based on that. Um, and the HIV antibody test meant something because, of course, there's no particular cure for that. There's treatment and whatnot. But but we've done serialized. We've had people you know, be able to avoid MMR tests, uh, measles, mumps, rubella um, vaccinations, that is, um, when they've uh, had positive serology uh, to the um, um, uh, rubella in this case. So, you know, antibody tests matter. So if you have a positive antibody test, there's no real reason to go get a vaccine. The, the um, you know, comprehensive natural immunity is is more thorough um, than any vaccine immunity because the vaccine's only doing one protein and the uh, virion itself is probably comprised of, of dozens. And so you have a, a more uh, full picture of all those different pieces of it. So if it ever comes back, you can mount a, an immune response. Now, moreover, there's never really been any point in vaccinating kids for this particular illness because they don't really get sick from it. And uh, there's not much danger um, of their having problems down the road, A, because coronavirus probably will uh, keep attenuating to a milder version over time. And uh, and the dangerous ancestral one is gone. And moreover, there, there's, you know, everyone else is pretty much vaccinated. So it's not gonna kind of be, you know, bouncing around the walls as it might uh, if it were a brand new virus back in 2020. Um, so I, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, except uh, that you need to, you know, become aware of this, um, you need to, you know, be actionable. You need to, you know, tell the people who uh, essentially rule you that you are, you know, interested and understanding and you have the facts. Um, it may or may not matter, but you have your voice. Uh, people, I think, are coming around to this. Uh, there was a, a misinterpreted um, uh, bit by Joy uh, Behar, who's of the left, and she's on The View, and a comedian uh, who is, I think, um, on with Greg Gutfeld occasionally, he's a Boston guy, uh, Tom Shilhu, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, he had a piece uh, from his uh, locals.com, um, tom.locals.com, about uh, how the Joy Behar, Behar quote was misinterpreted. She, you know, the news came out that she's gonna wear a mask forever. And when you actually listen to her, her quote, uh, what she says is, um, 
that she doesn't really believe the CDC anymore because one day they tell you to wear masks, then they tell you not to wear them, then they tell you to wear them, then they tell you not to wear them. And she doesn't really understand why it changes day by day, week by week. That's a very valid point. I, I think, you know, the whole thing about masks has been highly exaggerated. We'll go over this. Um, uh, but she said, you know, I'm probably going to keep wearing a mask just because I don't like getting a cold or flu in general when I go into clothes spaces. Uh, well, fine. I mean, I think that will wear off over time because there are other problems. We, people will have other problems that they're more concerned about uh, than just catching a flu or something like that. And again, there are flu shots and, and whatnot. So I think this will will disappear. Um, uh, I want to, you know, I don't have infinite time here today. So I want to spend some time uh, looking around uh, some of the things I've been looking at. Um, and uh, I'm going to spend brief time on each, perhaps. Um, uh, let's see, what's the best place to start? Um, well, uh, this is a, maybe a little bit complicated, um, and I'm not going to be able to spend adequate time on this. I have not had a chance to go over his going over the data, but uh, this is Steve Kirsch's newsletter, which I recommend, stevekirsch.substack.com, and he goes over uh, the way similar to the way uh, the Joy Behar quote was misinterpreted. Everyone said, oh, um, she's going to wear a mask forever. They ignored the earlier part, which was really the headline, that she no longer trusts the CDC. Um, there are ways in which data get presented that don't, uh, just similar to Joy Behar misinterpretation of her, her statement, uh, there are ways that in studies themselves get misinterpreted. Uh, so this is the, the, the study that uh, Steve Kirsch is talking about, and I'm not going to spend a huge amount of time on this, um, but if you read this article, which I did, sort of, I mean, it's hard to read every bit of it, um, their conclusion seems to be that masks uh, are, are good and they are useful. And it was a study in Bangladesh. Uh, Steve Kirsch goes over this himself, and he's a computer scientist guy, and he's got a staff of people looking over it. He goes over the same article. And when he actually went to, um, uh, where is it? Uh, was it uh, GitHub? Um, and he, he pulled down the data, which you can do yourself, I gather. Uh, he gives all the links here, so it's, it's kind of um, transparent. And when you actually go over the, the data, uh, there's actually no difference between the control and the treatment group as far as uh, the purple cloth mask in this case. They had colored masks, um, and uh, they were graded based on how, you know, whether N95 and whatnot. So I, I'm not going to be able to spend a lot of time on this, but it is important to, you know, realize that that not everything gets presented is is actually, you know, giving their own uh, full interpretation of the data according to a truthful lens. There are ways in which people look at things according to their best interest. Um, uh, what are other examples of that? Well, um, hmm, uh, I, I think I'm going to have, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make a seamless uh, segue into this, um, but I'm just going to maybe show you a few other things that I've been looking at. Um, this is, so I apologize for the, you know, abrupt change here. Um, this is an article on uh, Omicron and uh, evolution of the SARS-CoV-2 uh, Omicron variant. And the interesting conclusion I uh, came across here, uh, I'll maybe make it a little bit bigger, is that Delta and Omicron variants do not share a common ancestry. The Omicron variants um, shares a common ancestry with the VOI Lambda. It's evolved um, mainly because of a non-synonymous mutation. Um, so what, what's, what do I get from this? I think Omicron might very well be uh, just a regular coronavirus. One out of five cold viruses annually are uh, coronavirus. So we may just be kind of cross-referencing. They may not be on the same uh, link as the SARS 
2, uh, then alpha, beta, gamma, delta um, strains. And Omicron is, is an order of magnitude less uh, severe. Um, uh, the other things of, that, that I found of, of interest this week, let's see here. Um, so this is, I apologize, I'm going to be skipping around a little bit, but uh, this is such as it is kind of a grab bag day for me here. Uh, the Israeli Ministry of Health actually did a survey of adverse effects after the booster dose. So, I mean, I think this relates a little bit to the previous comment where Omicron is a little bit off the uh, main um, evolution of, of SARS into alpha, beta, gamma, delta, and so forth. And it's a little bit of a different thing. So to keep giving the booster to the ancestral version from 2019, when it's, you know, Omicron is, is, 20, is COVID-21, and it may not even be in that same COVID uh, realm, it seemed to be slightly pointless. Uh, I, we can look at the, some of the Israeli data uh, lately. They're doing worse than other countries uh, in regard to Omicron. They keep boosting. They're onto their, I think, fourth shot. Um, so this is an article I'm not going to be able to spend a lot of time on. I'll put the link up if you want to catch up with it. Um, and uh, um, it, 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 I think, just really underlines the fact that, you know, we are doing, you know, Al, like Albert Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Um, when, you know, you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, and that's good to a point. But, you know, the original SARS uh, maybe more like a screwdriver. You know, the Phillips head screwdriver worked on the Phillips head SARS-CoV-1 uh, or CoV-2. Um, but now that we're two years out, uh, this is no longer Phillips head. Maybe it's a flathead or vice versa. And we're just putting the, the wrong screwdriver into the uh, wrong screw. Um, what else we have here? Uh, so, so, you know... <laughs> I think, you know, th this may gets at some of the reasons why this happens, why we keep pushing the same thing. This is an article in, um, this is a uh, Dr. Zoe Harcom, PhD, and she just goes into the uh, uh, conflicts of interest between uh, the UK Joint Committee for Vaccination and Immunization, which is the JCVI. So this is an English um, UK bit. And she goes over the group, uh, she has the names of the uh, chairman. Um, excuse me, the, the, um, the members of this board. And then separately, she goes through all of their uh, conflict of interest with the drug companies um, that are benefiting from this. So, you know, they, they've talked about their own uh, conflicts of interest. Um, but then when uh, she looks a little bit further, there are multiple conflicts of interest. So this is, you know, kind of, a, you know, conspiracy thing in a way. Um, you know, we keep pumping money into the pharmaceutical companies. The pharmaceutical companies pump money into advertising and political gifts, and, and the politicians keep pumping money back into the pharmace uh, pharmaceutical groups. Um, so, you know, there are some issues about any turn away from vaccines. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into this because stocks are really above and beyond what we can cover here. Um, but there, are, you know, obviously are money issues. Uh, this is a, you know, report of the uh, amount of money in COVID vaccine sales in 2021. Let's see, uh, millions, billions, trillions. I mean, 36, tr is that right? Am I doing this right? So that's uh, thousands, uh, millions, I'm sorry, billions, $36 billion uh, into, um, uh, into COVID vaccine sales. Um, what else do we have here? This is, uh, no, I guess this is not really, it's kind of a dead end here. So um, I'm going to go back. Uh, to me for a second, um, and and prep uh, some some of the slides. Um, 
and uh, we'll see. Okay, so I'm going to put up this uh, slideshow here. This is an older slide. Uh, I can't remember. This is from July of 2021. And, uh, you know, may he rest in peace. This is, I, I think, an MD or a PhD. He's got an interesting name. His name is Saurabh Luchmedia. Um, and so he's got a funny little Twitter handle here. And he is very, very unsympathetic um, to those who are not getting franchise, uh, excuse me, not getting vaccinated. Um, uh, for those that won't get the shot for selfish reasons, whatever, I won't cry at their funeral. Well, the, the odd thing is this gentleman uh, received the vaccine and this, this tweet, tweet is a couple days before his own death. Um, I took this picture at a, a Santander bank. Uh, respect doesn't end here. Doors can't stop it. You know, respect goes both ways. I, I'm sorry uh, for his death. I don't know if it was directly uh, related to the vaccination he had just received. Uh, there have been many deaths from uh, the vaccines. And it's it's a sad irony, um, but you know I I do sympathize for his situation. I wish he had sympathized for others. I think this is the the, the root of the Canadian trucker problem. Uh, they they are adults and they are making decisions. They've lived through the the worst part. Not only that, they were the ones who were, as uh, Prime Minister Trudeau said, they were the ones at the front lines of the actual serious part, in which is you know early 2020 uh, when the vac when the virus was let loose and from China. And there was no vaccination. You know, we have we have far lower death rates now than we did back then, uh, case fatality rates. And, you know, so the people who are bravest then are being treated the most poorly now. That is bad form. And that's a kind of respect that if, if uh, the late uh, Dr. Luch Media uh, really understood, um, you know, I mean, we want to give him the respect he deserves for his career and so forth and his thoughts. But this is cruel and this is selfish. And, and there are risks from the vaccine itself, as he unfortunately uh, uncovered. Uh, this is um, from the CDC, and it's a lot of stuff here, hard to, to read this, uh, but this, uh, these are conflicting numbers. I'm not sure which one is real. They're both circled here about myocarditis in young people. And so this is an actual real problem uh, that's being noted. Um, and uh, this is a list uh, from uh, you know, certain issues. Uh, these are not classical vaccines. This is not my words. This is um, um, from, uh, oh, I got, I, I'm blanking on his name. I'll come up with his name later. Um, the um, Pfizer COVID-19 children's vaccine is not approved for use only for emergency youth authorization. Uh, the Pfizer vaccine is not fully tested for safety in children. Uh, you can go back over all of these. Uh, there is, is substantially more risk um, in to young people, then there is benefit uh, if there are no comorbidities. So if you're not ill and you're young, uh, there's really very little reason to get this vaccine. There's very little danger damage um, to young people um, from the um, uh, illness versus the vaccine. Uh, as you get older, I think there's you know re there are reasonable reasons to have gotten the vaccine early on, uh, less so as time goes on, uh, and the vaccines have changed from the one to which we are uh, giving the, um, you know, spike protein, which is the ancestral version. Um, this is uh, from the CDC, um, U.S. Uh, COVID cases, uh, states with and without mask mandates, uh, no real difference. Um, getting to masks itself, you know, there's an environmental aspect. I pick, I, I pick up trash when I walk the dog. Um, daily. And I, I pick up three, four, five masks every single day. And I'm the only one probably uh, picking them up 
Uh, they're everywhere. Uh, there's little bits of aluminum in them. There's also these uh, kind of plastic uh, fibrous stuff. Uh, we always worry about with the birds, the picture of the birds with the uh, beer can holders uh, getting their you know, face wrapped. And we haven't seen the repercussions of all this trash. A friend of mine, uh, this is literally his uh, message to me. He was put in Facebook prison um, because of he was on, on an article about this danger, and he noted that masks do almost nothing anyway, which is you know pertinent to what the CDC's own data is. And he's thrown off Facebook. So again, this is not really about actual information. This is about the way the information gets massaged and who's in charge and who's in power. Um, and speaking to which, so so now that the narrative changes, Matt, this is from the Atlantic magazine uh, earlier this month. Mask mandates don't need to make sense. <laughs> They only need to align with the community's goals. And so here's a quote from George Orwell. Um, you know, uh, basically when, when logic gets conquered, <laughs> the party wins. And, and uh, this, this, you know, I, I, I came across this woman uh, the other day and she's out and about in Boston, I guess. Uh, she has survived uh, COVID-19. Okay. Um, she, uh, how do I know? Because she's alive and she's old enough to have been around then. She was very likely homeless uh, for the last couple of years. She looks fairly entrenched into the lifestyle and activities. And this is a fairly warm day for February. And she's reading the newspaper bundled up and so forth. Uh, she survived this. She's not wearing a mask. Uh, I doubt she was wearing them. She doesn't look like she's much of a rule follower. Um, she got her a bottle of uh, Pepsi over here. Um, uh you know, there are other problems that are cropping up that will be graver problems than COVID itself. You know, the state of our cities, um, kind of rampant crime, uh, kids out of school, not learning, um, learning poorly, learning the wrong things, uh, taking away from, you know, STEM, uh, science, technology, uh, math, um, and, and learning, you know, kind of like how, you know, racial uh, uh, pecking order and their own guilt and so forth. Um, you know, we're going to have other problems that are going to supersede over um, over COVID. Um, and this is Dan Crenshaw, as a congressman. Um, and this is to my point about um, American exceptionalism in the sense uh, that these other countries that are parliamentary do not have uh, actual constitutions. Uh, we have one, but again, we have to actually um, have our leaders obey it. Uh, now, here's a good case of whether our leaders obey it or not. We, we have a bureaucracy, uh, which is sort of outside the bounds of a lot of our laws, and they get on on their own. Uh, I saw this a few days ago, and I was concerned, but I thought, oh, well, this is just Scotland, the UK. Uh, COVID data will not be published over concerns as misrepresented by anti-vaxxers, which is a, a misnomer because nobody's against all vaccinations. They're against vaccinations as, on a one-size-fits-all basis because nothing is one-size-fits-all. And lo and behold, uh, just a day ago, the famous day two, 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 um, CDC withholds COVID data over fears of misinterpretation. So our CDCs, I don't know if they're learning from each other. Um, they... <laughs> You know, this is from the New York Times, CDC isn't publishing large portion of the COVID data it collects. It doesn't have to publish, it has to make it accessible, but but clearly there's, there's a message and narrative. You know, if these, these I'm gonna call them doofuses for better, lack of a better word, are wearing masks at this point, at this time, when I'm sure they're doubly, triply, whatever vaccinated, and or have had the illness or both, uh, this is an absurdity. And plus, you know, the, the, the biggest wave, Omicron, is was harmless. It's on the equivalent of probably, you know, far less than an influenza without vaccination. Um, and here's uh, here's kind of an irony, the way, again, things get interpreted or misinterpreted. 
Uh, here's one of the, uh, somebody sympathetic uh, with the Canadian truckers fantasizing about Canada without Trudeau gives me a semi. Um, so here's the guy, keep this guy in mind as you read this uh, half over here. Uh, the primarily white, capital white, supporters of the Freedom Convoy. Well, Canada, I don't know how to, how to tell you this, but Canada is, uh, uh, you know, is settled by, uh, you know, uh, people from the United Kingdom uh, for long periods of time. I mean, there are some immigration, um, but, you know, anyway, the, the longer standing Canadians are white. They've been that way. Uh, but and and so oddly enough, democracy dies in darkness. And so I guess coloration matters to The Washington Post. Um, so here is a historian saying the belief that one's entitlement to freedom is a key component of the belief that one. The, this is hardly a sentence, but anyway, the belief that one's entitlement to freedom is a key component of white supremacy. So a bad sentence, Mr. Historian. Or, um, this explains why the con Freedom Convoy members see themselves as entitled to freedom. Are you entitled to freedom? I don't know. I mean, if you want freedom, does that make you entitled? Does that make you something you shouldn't have? Are you spoiled by having freedom? Should you just be following things along? Justin Trudeau said he admired uh, the CCP, um, you know, and, and having a dictatorship. I think Mr. Obama said the same thing. You get things done there. Well, getting things done is is not something I want to have done. I want actually things, fewer things done. I think people do things, business, business do things. Uh, we do things on our own. We do things in our thoughts. We do things for each other. Well, I, I don't want government doing that much. And I want, I do want freedom. Yes. And so if you want it as well, you have to kind of make an effort to keep it. Um, so I, I could probably go through um, some of the worldometer data. Um, I have it up very briefly. Maybe I'll just zip through it. Um, I got to change my uh, share screen here. Um, let's see if I can find it fast enough to satisfy the masses here. Um, so, uh, so just kind of country by country. Um, you know, Omicron. The, people do die. Just I want to remind everybody. And so this, the, the Omicron wave is nothing like uh, the previous um, ancestral. Then I think this is the beta uh, strain Delta over here. Omicron. Um, so people do die. There are loads and loads and loads of cases. Uh, so the cases are big. They're bigger than ever before Omicron cases. So the cases have dwarfed uh, the ancestral, the beta, the delta, and so forth. But the deaths are far fewer. So that's the UK. They dropped all of their mask mandates, all their COVID mandates and whatnot. Um, Israel, uh, conversely, uh, is having, I, I'm not sure how they're attributing it. They're having equal numbers of deaths um, to Omicron. Um, with large number of cases. So it's, it's not, it doesn't have the same case fatality rate as the other strains did. You can see the numbers were there lower and they had, um, you know, kind of relatively higher numbers of deaths. So Omicron is still low case fatality rate, but they seem to be doing more poorly, relatively speaking, than the UK, despite the boosters and four uh, shots total. So there are places with far fewer uh, shots. Um, let's see if I can get a picture for you here. Uh, kind of here's a a worldview of, of vaccination doses and Africa and South, South Africa in particular have far fewer. I think the vaccination rate in around 15% in South Africa. And they, um, you know, frankly, do no worse than Israel in this regard. They've had the various waves of deaths, but their relative death number is lower now than it was before, whereas Israel's is higher than it was before. So, you know, on a, on a general basis, you know, the, the fight against Omicron seems to be vaccine irrelevant. Um, and again, we go to our friend Sweden. Uh, they have fewer deaths from Omicron. Uh, they have, I think, more cases. 
uh, ever before. Here's the cases from Omicron and, and compared to the other versions. So the, the Omicron wave is huge for cases. Uh, the deaths in Sweden uh, are fewer than they were from the previous waves. Um, you know, again, people do die from influenza and so forth. So there's some kind of baseline number of people who are going to die from this. This is not separated out for age. But the major point is that the, Sweden didn't do any of the lockdowns. Uh, South Africa didn't really have any of the vaccines. I would get India here and so forth. You can pair country to by country. Um, and, uh, you know, this seems to be irrelevant whether you had multiple boosters such as Israel or none at all, such as uh, um, South Africa. Anyway, I think I'm going to end on that note. Um, what else is there to say? Uh, I hope you enjoy this. Please pass it around. I do, uh, you know, like to end with shameless uh, self-promotion. Um, I had a couple of awesome podcasts uh, recently, one with uh, Dave, uh, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford uh, two weeks ago, and um, Richard, Dr. Richard Ammerling uh, from America's Frontline Doctors uh, last week. I recommend you go look at those there. These guys are uh, uh, brilliant and, and interested and devoted. And I, you know, I have the greatest admiration. So I'd like you to you know, possibly share those uh, and this one as well, if you can. Um, I'm finishing up my Zika book. I keep saying it's going to be out, uh, but I wanted to work on a chapter um, that I thought was relevant, especially since all the vaccine news um, regarding COVID. Uh, so I'm finishing up a chapter on the the the, the flight of the um, Zika vaccine, which doesn't exist as of yet, uh, seven years later, pretty much five, six, seven years later. Um, and uh, you know, I hope you uh, take an interest in, in what I have to say here. And if you're interested in advanced copies or want to help uh, promote that book, um, which is called Overturning Zika in English, I'm going to have uh, Portuguese and Spanish versions as well. Um, I'm working on a, a comic book and a graphic novel version uh, because I don't think everyone is going to read my complicated book. And I'd like to be able to have something that's accessible for uh, the younger crowd, which is more directly affected by Zika. Anyway, um, Thank you very much for your time and indulgence. Uh, please share this widely. Uh, let me know if you have suggestions for future episodes. Uh, thank you so much.